Blog Talk Radio.
Hi, this is Patrick Sanders. I'm your host for uh, the next hour on Prayer International Blog Talk Radio. And tonight we're going to be getting into some verses and then going back into worship and prayer. And uh, so that was basically the format. We're going to start out with uh, talking how God is about how God is our healer. And in Psalms 107, verse 20, it says that uh, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. And um, as Carrie Job was singing about God as our healer, and he sent Jesus, his son, to heal us from everything that we could be afflicted with, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically. He is our healing. God, one of the names that God uh, let himself be known by was uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha, which is the Lord, our healer. That uh, his very name is healing, meaning his very character, his very nature, the very person that he is, is that of healing. And it says God is faithful who has called us into his fellowship. And to be in God's presence, to be in his fellowship, you cannot be sick and be in God's presence at the same time that ultimately uh, to be called into God is to be called into every type of healing. The word uh, for salvation in the New Testament is sozo, and that means uh, wholeness and healing in every way, shape, and dimension, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, and Financially, in uh, every part of your being, God seeks our whole salvation, our whole deliverance. So God has called us into his fellowship, and there's no sickness or disease in heaven. It says that uh, Jesus said, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's, we know that there's no sickness or disease in heaven. And so when we are being called into God's presence, it's a call into a place of uh, freedom from sickness and disease and whatever may vex you mentally or emotionally. It says in Psalm 107, verse 20, it says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Do you know that you've already been healed? God has already sent his word, and it's already a done deal. It's finished. It's completed. It's perfected in the person of Christ on the cross. Jesus said, It is finished. And when he said it is finished, it means that uh, the devil is finished in your life. Sickness is finished in your life. The mental and emotional vexations, generational curses, all these things have been broken by the power of his word. He sent his word, past tense, it's already been done, and healed them, past tense, and delivered them, past tense, from their distraction. So what God has done for you in Christ uh, has already is already a done deal, and you simply believe into it. Faith is not you trying to believe that God's going to heal you. Faith is believing that God already has healed you, and so you're just believing into the finished work of Christ. It's not something that you're trying to work up by your faith and to cause to try and come to pass. It's already come to pass. He sent His word. And so you simply believe into it. Uh, Jesus said to several people as he was he healed them, he said, uh, your faith has saved you or your faith has made you whole. Um, he said this to more than one person and he, he continually said that, that your faith has saved you. So it's by your faith that you believe into and that you receive whatever God has finished whatever you're seeking him for has been finished and it's by your faith that you enter in to this finished work of Christ and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so that's why we're here uh, we're reading scripture we're lifting up uh, praise unto God and it says that uh, when we praise the Lord when we lift up the name of Jesus and that it will draw all men unto himself and that when we praise him, it causes us to enter into his presence. 
there's another scripture. It's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. It says, And he is before all things, speaking of Jesus Christ, who is the Word. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Or that is to say that all things are held together by his Word. And so his Word is the source code or the foundation to all things. His Word has all power. His word has all glory. It, it, it holds everything together as the foundation to everything in the world, everything that's physical, the solar system, uh, this world and gravity, and everything you see is held together by the power of his word. He can speak. The word can speak uh, your healing into existence. And it can also speak cancer and sickness and disease out of existence. He can speak vexation out of existence. I've had the experience several times where I've been vexed in a state of uh, darkness or oppression and I've spoken his word uh, continually and pretty soon after doing that the anointing falls and God stirs up his presence and all of a sudden the vexation has been broken off of me because I was using the source code, I was using the foundation as a hammer that pound away at the darkness to speak into the darkness until it created the light because by his word all things consist are, and hell, are held together and by his word all things that are of darkness and oppression can be broken apart. It says in Jeremiah that God's word is like a fire. His word is like a hammer. And a hammer is something that you use on a nail repeatedly until uh, you sink that nail into the wall. So sometimes you have to keep on speaking God's word, speaking the truth in the face of darkness until that darkness and that oppression is broken off you. And so that's happened for me several times when I've been mentally, emotionally, spiritually vexed that I spoke his word until there was a shift, until there was a change, until uh, I found myself in the presence of the fellowship of God in the light of his Holy Spirit. So he sent his word, and he healed you, and he delivered you from all your distractions. And now you take that word, and you enforce that word. God's deputized you to use his word, the authority thereof, and to speak it against all that vexes you. And as you speak that sword, that sword is going to destroy uh, whatever seeks to come against you. There's a scripture uh, in Isaiah 61, starting at verse 1. I'm going to be living, uh, reading the uh, Living Bible. But this is Jesus talking. And you may remember that in Luke chapter 4, uh, Jesus read this same scripture. And it's speaking of Christ himself, it says in verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, that is, Jesus, who is the Word of God. Because the Lord hath anointed me, that is Jesus, the word, to bring good news to the suffering and afflicted. He has sent me the word to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce liberty to the captives, and to open the eyes of the blind. He has sent me the word to tell those who mourn that the time of God's favor to them has come, and the day of his wrath to their enemies. That's right now. The Word is right now activating that. And this Word is in play, that, that God's hand is, is for all those who mourn, all those who are captive, who are blind. His Word is towards you, and it is against your enemies. Uh, verse 3, to all who mourn in Israel, to give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of heaviness, for God has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. So God has sent his word to bring us good news, good news to the suffering and afflicted. He sent his word to comfort all those who are brokenhearted, to announce liberty to captives. And he sent his word to open up eyes that are blind. He sent his word to tell all those who mourn that their time of favor has come and of his wrath against their enemies, to give them beauty for ashes and enjoy instead of mourning and praise instead of heaviness. 
though by his word all things consist, and by his word he can uh, vaporize the darkness. They can cease to exist by his word, all those negative things. When you speak it, it goes forth as a seed, and a seed is never meant to go forth without having an effect. God's word doesn't go out to come back void, but it accomplishes the thing whereunto it was sent. And um, it's like God's word also is like, for example, an analogy is a shoestring. A shoestring was never meant to be without a shoe. And a shoe doesn't exist without a shoestring. Shoe they both go together, just like a banana has a banana peel. And so God's word, in the same way, was never meant for you to acknowledge and understand intellectually without it having a power and effect upon your life that God's word is supposed to produce healing. It is supposed to produce beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning. It's supposed to have an effect. It's supposed to be good news to the suffering and the afflicted. It's supposed to heal the brokenhearted. It's supposed to put at liberty captives and to open up eyes that are blind. Just like you never see a shoe by itself, it's got to have a shoe string. And just like you see a banana without, uh, it has a banana peel that comes with it. And so a seed was never meant to be a seed by itself. It was supposed to have fruit. And that seed is God's word. And the effect of it is healing and deliverance from bondage and the breaking down of all that oppresses you and all that seeks to destroy you and crush you and vex you. So, Father, right now we just give you thanks and praise as we go back into a time of worship that, Father, your word has power. Your word was meant to heal. Your word was meant to deliver. Your word was meant to make us whole, Father God. It never was meant to be sent just to be accepted and acknowledged and checked off our list psychologically, intellectually, but it was meant to come with power and demonstration It was meant to not go out to come back void, but it was meant to accomplish the very thing that it promised. So, Father, I thank you for all those who are listening. I pray that the promise of God come upon them. I pray that the healing hand of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, be wrapped around them right now, Father, and that you break off all vexation. I command it to go. I rebuke it in Jesus' name that they are called to healing, they are called to deliverance, they are called to joy and the beauty of the Lord, Father, and that your word breaks off all those vexations and darknesses of the enemy. For, Father, he said, the word said on the cross, it is finished. So, Father, we thank you that we are healed in the mighty name of Jesus.
praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Father, we just thank you that you are here in our life, Lord God. Uh, there's no other reason, Father. You are the center of our universe. You're the center of our life, Lord God. And we just, I pray the anointing of God to come upon your people, Father, that you'd strengthen all those listening, that you'd strengthen them by the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you are our healer, that you've come into our lives, that, Father, we were lost, but you came seeking that which was lost. And when you found us, you rejoiced over us, Father. And so, Father, we thank you for our salvation, for there's no other name under heaven whereby a man must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. And, Father, we give you the praise tonight. Praise you, Father God. Well, we're talking about the Word of God, and uh, we're worshiping Him. It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, God called us by His gospel unto the attaining of this glory. And what is this glory? It's the glory of every met, uh, of every need met, the glory of uh, God's presence, uh, His fellowship. We have been called back. We were lost through Adam. We were lost through sin. But God has called us back into His presence to walk with Him and to obtain the glory that was upon Adam's life, but was lost. And we were not meant to live outside of God's glory, just like a fish is not meant to live outside of water. We were meant to be surrounded by the utter presence of our Heavenly Father. We were meant to walk with Him and to be with Him forever. And sin derailed that plan, but God sent Jesus Christ to re-engraft us back into God's glory. And uh, what is God's glory? God's Glory to is uh, one thing it is is uh, it's a place where there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no darkness, there is no vexation, uh, there is no mental or emotional brokenness or problems. It's a place of joy for mourning, a, a place of beauty for ashes. That is the place of glory. That is the place of God's presence that He has called us to by His gospel. And the gospel is the word of God. He sent his word to heal us and to deliver us from our destruction. He sent the good news. Jesus said, it is finished. And uh, he said that this word that he preaches to us, this gospel, is the very thing that will produce the faith. And faith is like a key that unlocks a door. And behind that door is God's glory. And in God's glory is every good thing. And uh, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And God is our defense, and he saves the upright in heart. Abraham was a man who was upright in heart, inasmuch as that he believed God's promise. And because of his faith, God accounted it and accredited to him as righteousness. And it was not for his sake alone, but it was for all those who would uh, come after Abraham that we would have a faith. And uh, this faith, by this faith, God imparts his person into us. He imparts his nature, his character, his divine attributes. Uh, all the things that are of heaven are imparted unto us through the birth canal of faith. And faith is produced when you read God's word, when you meditate upon it, when you speak it. Um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um in Romans, I'm going to read Romans chapter 10 next. It says, uh, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for, to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law and righteousness to everyone that believeth. So Christ is the end of the law of self-effort, the end of you trying to strive to gain heaven. But it is, uh, it is for righteousness to everyone that believes. That impartation of heaven, that blessing of heaven, that healing comes to us through Christ 
who ends the law and who is Christ, who he is the word. And the word cannot be spoken without it producing faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. So Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man that doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring up Christ again from the dead? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. The word of faith is the key that unlocks heaven and unlocks that door so you can walk into God's glory, wherein is every good thing. Uh, Romans 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's powerful. God has put the power of your salvation in the confession of your mouth. And once you've been born again, you continue you continue to need infusions of salvation that are, we technically call sanctification. Sanctification is the continued work of salvation in your life. Uh, just because you become born again, that's not just something where Jesus stops and he's just sort of waiting for you to die or you're just waiting for him to come back to the earth and uh, that that's just the end of the deal. No, once he starts the journey of you being born again, there's more to it than that. There's more that he wants to do. He wants to sanctify and cleanse and purify you and empower you. So with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. It's not the law of self-effort. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. You know, who's going to descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Who's going to ascend into heaven to bring him down? Uh, how do we get into this glory realm? Well, it says, uh, but what sayeth it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And that is the word of faith which we preach. That word of faith is the key that unlocks the door that causes you to enter into the same quality of life that God himself enjoys. It says that uh, he has called us unto eternal life. Eternal life, uh, the promise of eternal life has been given unto us, and, and that's a present tense thing. That's something that you have now in your spirit. And God's eternal life, that is the type or quality of life that God himself lives. And he lives a life free of sickness and disease and poverty. He lives a life free of worry and vexation and darkness and oppression. That is the glory that he lives in. It is absolutely free of any type of darkness. And God's not called us to darkness. He's called us to his light. He is a God of wonder uh, beyond all that we can think or imagine. Our God is great. He's a God of wonders. He's a God of all power, and he has called you by this gospel to enter into the same type or quality of life that he himself enjoys. It's something that is not pie in the sky by and by. It is something right now that he wants you to have. And so, Father, I pray for the impartation of your promise upon these people that are listening, Father God. Fill them, Father, with the promise of heaven. That eternal life that you've promised in it, it's impossible for God to lie. Let that same promise of life come upon them. Break every yoke. Break every worry, every sickness, every vexation, every pain. Father God, release them to experience the infilling of your Holy Spirit, the infilling of glory, for you called us by your gospel unto the attaining of your glory. And God never lies. You've called us into your fellowship. Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in their lives on earth as it is in heaven. And we give you praise, O God of wonders, beyond this galaxy. You are holy, Lord God, and you've come to impart that same righteousness 
into our lives by faith. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky, the heavens are your tabernacle, glory to the Lord on high, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are Close in 
How Great Is Our God? I'm Patrick, your host on Prayer International. And our next scripture, we're going to be talking about Abraham. Our God is so great that he called Abraham one man, and he made an entire nation out of him, blessed him, and created a nation out of one man. And God desires to do the same type of thing in your life. He wants to fill you with his increase, with his blessing. And make you great It says in Isaiah 51 Verse 3 uh, Verse 2 and 3 Look unto Abraham your father And Sarah that bear you For I called him alone And blessed him and increased him For the Lord shall comfort Zion And he will comfort all her waste places And he will make her wilderness like Eden And her desert 
like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found there in thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Whatever type of desert, whatever type of darkness you're in, God wants to call you out of Earl of Chaldees, just like he called Abraham, and he wants to make you great. He wants to fill you with a limitless increase, an infinite supply of his person. It says in uh, Philippians chapter 19 in the Living Bible, it says, and it is he who will supply all your needs from his riches and glory because of what Jesus has done for us. God has called us by his gospel into the attaining of this glory, wherein is filled the supply of all your needs from his, his riches that are in this glory. Well, God definitely supplied Abraham and filled him with his riches of glory and made a great nation out of him. Abraham was in a state that uh, he was almost uh, dead. He was an old man, but yet God caused him to give birth he and Sarah to give birth to Isaac. Uh, it says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, he, Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So what God did with Abraham is not just limited to him, to where we just a historical figure as if we were going to some museum and looking at what God did yesterday. But it, does it not say that he is the God of yesterday, today, and forever, and that he is no respecter of persons, and that what he did for one, he'll do for another. Well, the story of Abraham is the story about you. It's a story about someone being alone, someone being in a place of darkness, of death. His uh, old age represented death. But yet out of that death, God brought a resurrection. He brought the Garden of Eden flourishing in a place where it was a desert. And he brought forth a promise and made Abraham a father of many nations. And so God also has a promise over your life. He has an anointing, a calling, a blessing. He has a healing from you. He has a destiny for you. And just as Abraham staggered not at the promise, so we also must stand strong in our faith, giving glory to God, believing that what God has promised, he is also able to perform so father we just thank you in the mighty name of jesus that you have called us out of the desert you've called us out of darkness that you've laid your hand upon us and you've called us your own father we thank you that the same spirit that raised up jesus from the dead now dwells in us and that same spirit is able to re resurrect us out of our dungeons of darkness it is able to resurrect us father out of our own deserts and death, and that we are able to be brought into a place of increase, even the riches of every every met need and the supplied grace of your infinite glory in Christ that you've pre-planned for us ahead of time. And so, Father, we call upon you. We call upon the name of Jesus for this impartation of righteousness, that it would be imputed unto us by our faith, Father. And so, Lord God, we give you the praise tonight. And we give you the glory, Father, for it, in Jesus' name.
drink from the cup. 